This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah. On Mondays, we are having Rav Benjamin Tavori, who is giving a series this year on Mo'adei Hashanah, Shiurim, about the different holidays and festivals. The Shir today will deal with the mitzvah of Heseba, of reclining the night of Pesach. Basically, we will deal with the Gemara on Psachim, Dav Kufches Aleph, a half an Amud, and we'll discuss some of the various Rishonim and Poskim that discuss this issue. The Gemara says, just simply, that Matzah Tzorech Haseba, Moro Ein Tzorech Haseba, and with Yayin, there is a controversy that we will discuss shortly. But the Gemara says unequivocally that matzah requires haseba. When a person eats matzah, he should recline. Now, at first glance, and certainly we paskin, that this is a law of the Rabbanan. It's not a, a biblical law to do haseba, but the rabbis told us that when we eat matzah, and we'll discuss what else, also requires haseba. From the Rambam, it seems that it's in a sense, more than a regular Durabanan. Because the Rambam says in Hilchus Chamitz Matzah, Perek Zayin Halacha Vav Halacha Zayin, Bechol Davadar Chayiv Adam Laharos Hesatzmo Kilu Yatza Be'atzmo Ata Mishiabad Mitzrayim. A famous uh, phrase of the Rambam that a person should not only see himself, which is the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Liros Atzmo, the Rambam says, Laharos Atzmo, to show himself, as if he himself left Mitzrayim. And he quotes the Pasuk, He took us out of there. And therefore, the Rambam continues, the Torah, God commanded us in the Torah to remember that we were slaves, that we ourselves were slaves, we, we received our freedom. Then the Rambam says, Since this is true, Therefore, when a person eats the meal the night of Pesach, he should eat and drink, reclining in a manner that reflects freedom, liberty. So it seems that it's a kiyum, it's part of the idea of the Torah, of the Zacharta to demonstrate that we act tonight in a way that we ourselves left Mitzrayim. But of course, it, this does not mean it's a, a biblical obligation. It's certainly a rabbinic obligation, a dinder rabbanan, to do a seba. Now, the Gemara says clearly and unequivocally that when you eat matzah, you have to have a seba. What happens if a person ate matzah but forgot, or for whatever reason did not do a seba? The Gemara does not raise this issue. Tosfis does raise the issue, but interestingly enough, not by matzah. He raises the issue by abakosos. But by matzah, he didn't even raise the issue. The fact that he raised the question by abakosos, which certainly do not have the same level of intensity as the din of matzah, for a number of reasons, which we'll see, leads me to think that the Rambam, that Tosos certainly thought if a person ate matzah without his seba, he would have to, again, eat matzah. And of course, this is well known to be the opinion of the Rush. The Rush says clearly, 
a person who does not eat, who ate the matzah without a seba, must eat again. The Rambam did not say his opinion about this question in a definite fashion. The Briska Rav, the Gris, Rav Yitzhak Zev Salavechik, has a famous piece in his Sefer, Chidushi HaGriz Rambam, where he maintains that this is indeed a machlokas between the Rosh and the Rambam. He points to the Rambam in Perek Zayin Halochaches that the Rambam says in the law of Haseba, he says, Eimasai Tzrichem Haseba. When is Haseba actually required? Bishas Achilas Kazayis Matzah, at the time you eat the matzah, Ubishthias Arba Kasasailu. And when you drink the four kosos, Ushara Khilasushasiaso, the rest of the meal, Imhaysev Hareza Meshubach. If you did recline, it's merit, meritorious. Vimlav Ainutzarech, however you don't need. When the Ram says Ainutzarech, he means that you don't have to have the entire meal Baseba. He certainly does not entertain any possibility that a person ate a meal without a seba that he would have to recline again. Can you imagine a person ate the entire seba meal but did not do a seba? The Ram says it's proper to do a seba. But if a person did not do it, there's certainly no havamina, there's certainly no reason to even suspect that the Rambam would think that you'd have to eat the meal again. But when the Rambam says, to what is he referring? So, the Briska Ruff tried to prove from this Rambam that the Rambam felt the din is not to eat matzah beheseba. The din is the night of Pesach should be a night where we do heseba. The Chachamim said at least for the matzah and the wine, but really it's not a din in the matzah and the wine. It's a din in heseba. So do you have to eat matzah beheseba? The Rush said, it seems to be, that it's part of the mitzvah of, of matzah. The din of eating matzah is to eat matzah beheseba. If a person did not eat matzah beheseba, then he did not fulfill the mitzvah. Whereas according to the Rambam, the Biskirov claimed, the mitzvah is not to eat matzah beheseba. The mitzvah is to do heseba the whole night of Pesach. It's true that when you eat matzah, you should do heseba. But he felt that according to the Rambam, if a person ate matzah without a seba, he need not re- go back and eat matzah again. From the one part of the explanation of Biskarov is certainly clear and explicit in the Rambam that he thinks the din of a seba is not just the din by matzah and yayin. It's certainly a din by the entire meal. However, the second point that he made, that according to the Rambam, if you ate matzah be- without a seba, your yotze, is not that clear in the Rambam itself. Because the Rambam says, you do but the entire meal, but if you do but the wine and the matzah, the rest, you don't need. It would seem to imply that the Rambam also agrees with the rush, that if you ate matzah without haseba, you should be yotzei. And of course, this is the basic psak of the Shulchan Aruch, in accordance with the opinion the clearly stated opinion of the Rush that if a person ate matzah without haseba, he was not yotze. But it seems he was not yotze haseba. It would seem that he did fulfill the mitzvah of matzah. A person who ate matzah, it's a biblical obligation to eat matzah. 
if we were right in our assumption that the din of Aseba is a din Rabbanan, which is pr- fairly clear, then the biblical requirement of Matzah could be fulfilled without Aseba. So when the Rush says you have to re- go back and eat the Matzah of Aseba, it means in order to fulfill the din Rabbanan of Aseba, then you'd have to eat the Matzah with Aseba. But it would seem you fulfilled the Mitzvah del Raisa, even if you ate it without Aseba. You did not fulfill the mitzvah of the Rabbanan of eating matzah with Haseba. One could argue that there is a general principle that we find occasionally in halacha that the Rabbanan, when they instituted a law about a biblical law, about a dindaraisa, they did not just say how to do it. They just said, if you do it a different way than we prescribe, you do not fulfill the obligation itself. There's a famous Tosus in the beginning of Sukkah, the Afgimel Amad Aleph, where Tosus says, if you have a Sukkah that's Pasal Midrabanan, that means the Sukkah is Kasher Midaraisa. But Midrabanan, it's Pasal, the Gemara uses the phrase, Lo Kiyamta Mitzvah Sukkah Miyamecha. You do not fulfill the Mitzvah Sukkah. And Tosus there says that since a person did not fulfill the Drabanan, so the Rabbanan have the power not just to tell you how to do it, but to, tell, to actually be mafkia the mitzvah daraisa. They could take away the mitzvah daraisa and say, if you don't do it our way, you don't fulfill the mitzvah. If that would be true, then a person could argue here also. A person who ate matzah without his seba, so he did not fulfill the mitzvah daraisa at all. Of course, the simple explanation of the rush would be he did not fulfill the mitzvah Rabbanan of eating matzah b'seba, but the mitzvah matzah, he actually did fulfill midaraisa. So, for the purpose of matzah, it would seem that today, matzah should be eaten b'seba, certainly according to the Russian and the Psak Halacha, maybe even according to the Rambam, but and if you ate without a seba, it would seem that theoretically a person should have to eat the matzah again. The Gemara goes on to discuss arbakosos, and the Gemara says that arbakosos do requ- the yayin requires a seba, but here the Gemara brings a machlokas, or actually a contradiction in Rav Nachman himself. In one place, Rav Nachman was quoted as saying that you do not have to have Haseba for wine, for the Abacosos. Another source was said that he does, you do have to have Haseba for Abacosos. Gemara says the contradiction is clearly explained by the fact that there's a distinction between the first two cups and the last two cups. But here itself, there is an, an argument over what these distinction was. Some say for the first two kosos, you do require a seba, but not for the last two kosos. And some say the opposite. For the first two kosos, you do not require a seba, you only require a seba for the last kosos. And the reason for the explanation is clearly given, that when one opinion ha- says, the first part of the Haggadah is actually talking about Gulas Mitzrayim. Until we reach benching until we reach the meal, and we have the the bichat hamazon, so the the text of the Haggadah all relates to Yitzias Mitzrayim. So therefore, you require haseba. But the last two kosos, that's only within the context of Halil and bichat hamazon, where we're actually just praising our Kaddish Baruch Hu. But it doesn't refer specifically to Yitzias Mitzrayim, as if the geula was already finished before. And my dahafa hafa, whatever occurred, occurred. So there's no no reason to do a seba after the meal. The other opinion maintains that the 
beginning of the Haggadah does not reflect actual freedom. We are in a state of Avdus, and of course the mitzvah of the night of Pesach is to experience this feeling, to somehow psych ourselves into the feeling that we are actually slaves, and we are undergoing the Gula process. When we get to the section of Haggadah where we say, a person should actually feel and sense that he really is leaving Egypt. And therefore, and therefore, because we ourselves are re- leaving Mitzrayim, so we have to say a Shira Chadasha. So, at that time, we do not do Haseba. For those for those first two kosos, because we were actually not experiencing freedom yet. Only after we finish the first two kosos, when we have reached the state of freedom, then the rest of the seder really requires haseba. The Gemara says both opinions could be well argued, and therefore there is no clear psak in this question. We know for sure that only two kosos require a seba. But since we don't know which ones, so we're machmir and have all arba kosos be seba. This seems to contradict the basic principle of Suffolk the Rabban and Lakula. It's clear, well, first of all, the whole din of arba kosos is only the Rabbanan. And secondly, the seba is also the Rabbanan. The Seba of Arbakos is certainly Durabanan. Why would we have to be Machmir? It would be a Suffolk Durabanan Lakula. The Ran gives a famous explanation. And the Ran says, because what would you like to do? Either decide one way or the other, and he really, we really see no reason to decide one way rather than the other. The other choice would be to say, since Savik Rabban and Lakula, so we won't do any Haseba for Arbakosos. Ran says if that would be true, we would nullify the entire concept of Haseba for, for, for Arbakosos. There isn't in the Rabbanon of Arbakosos. So in, if there would be a Machlokas, which one requires, and we would say none of them require, we would totally abrogate this concept of the Rabbanon. And therefore, we are machmir and say to have the haseba for all abrakosos. It's well known that many achronim asked the question against this ran. We have a similar case in Megillah. We know, of course, that we read Megillah in most cities, we read the Megillah on the 14th, but in the Ir Mukhefes Choma, a city which had a wall around it from the days of Yeshua bin Nun, so there the custom is, of course, to read the Megillah on the 15th, as we know in Yerushalayim. Now the Gemara already pointed out that there are certain cities which are Suffolk Mukhefes Choma, a city which I'm not sure if it's Mukhefes Choma from the days of Yoshua bin Nun or not. So what should you do there? Should you read on the 14th or on the 15th? In Hebron today, many people think that it's a Suffolk Imukhevis Chama, and they actually paskin to read the Megillah two days. I know many people in Hebron whose custom is to read the Megillah both the 14th and the 15th. 
we could look in the Ran and find that the Ran says you read the Megillah on the 14th. Because you don't read the Megillah twice because Tafik Rabban on the Kula. But he did make a choice there. And he said you read the Megillah on the 14th. The 14th is no more logical than the 15th. So in the case of Megillah, he did decide to, because of Savit Rabbanah, we only do reading Megillah once, read on the 14th. Whereas in the Din of Abakasos, he said, since we can't decide, we do it both ways. The Mishnah Melech in Hilchos Megillah asks this question, and he has a lengthy exposition, and one of the statements that he makes is to the effect that we always will read the Megillah on the 14th in cities that we know you read the Megillah on the 14th. We'll always read the Megillah on the 15th in days that we know you read the Megillah on the 15th. There will be no abrogation of the law if in one community they don't read the Megillah. There, you would have to make a choice. You could really say never to read the Megillah, but since you want to read the Megillah, you read the Megillah the first time. The Vilna Gaon, in his commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, makes a very short comment about this Mishnah Melech. He says he expounded unnecessarily. He says they're a very simple explanation. You see, the Megillah can be read on the 14th, even if the correct time is the 15th. We know that the Mishnah, the first Mishnah Megillah, said you read the Megillah the 11th, 12th, the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. The 14th, a person is Yotzeh, even as a person who's muka, who is a Mukaf Chama, even a person who lives in a city like that, well, he would, would fulfill the mitzvah on the 14th. It's preferable to read on the 15th. In our case, since we're a Suffolk, the Gan says you could read on the 14th. In any case, going back to our din, we, our custom is to drink all the Arbakosos, Be'aseba. And now, of course, the question which came up earlier in regards to matzah comes up again according to uh, in the case of wine. What would happen if a person drank the abacosos without a seba? And I pointed out that Tosfus already raised this issue. Tosfus says Tosfus says it's not he is not clear. It requires further clarification. If a person forgot and didn't do Eseba, should he drink again? And he discusses there is a, a bit of a problem. It's true that after the third coast, after the second coast, if a person wants to drink more wine between with his meal, certainly he's entitled to. But between the third and the fourth coast, we say you not to drink. So if a person would drink another kos, it looks like he's adding to the kosos, it's not a simple thing. So Tosa says, he's not really sure. At first glance, I really don't even understand this question. Isn't it true that the din of Abakosos is only Drabanan? And in fact, we could theoretically paskin that you don't require Haseba at all. So it's true that we're machmir and say you have to do a seba at all meals. But that itself is a, a triple drabanan. One drabanan, wine is drabanan, has sebas drabanan, and which coast you do it is also because of the chumr drabanan. So it would seem to me that if a person forgot to do a seba, 
So certainly you could rely on the idea that you don't really require a seba at all. The Shulchan Aruch, however, does raise this issue, and he says, if achal v'shasa o shasa v'lo aseba, lo yatsa. The, the Mechaber really paskins that you have to drink abacasis again. Of course, matzah paskins you have to drink. The Ramah adds, and it's a very important point, which I'm not sure we'll have time to get to, the Ramah points out that there's the famous opinion of the Rav Yoh, that in our generation, we no longer do Haseba, because that's not our custom. In the time of uh, the Gemara, perhaps in early t- civilization in general, when people had a festive meal, they reclined on couches, and they really, really reclined when they ate. Today, it's a little bit force. That's not the way we normally would eat. So the Rav Yah said, today you don't do Haseba. So the Ramah says that you can rely on the Ramah, on the Rav Yah, but the Evid, even though we do Haseba, but since the Rav Yah said you don't have to do Haseba, at least we can rely on that if a person ate or drank really Haseba. So, but the Evid, you are Yotze. Then the Ramah goes on to say that even if you want to be machmir, he talks about the third coast, the fourth coast, etc. But there is an opinion that you can rely on the Rav Yah, even though theoretically there is an opinion that the president should go back and drink Abakosas again. Let's continue now in the Gemara, Undav Kuf Aleph. Now, the Gemara, first of all, has a discussion exactly how do you do a Seba on the right side, the left side. I'd rather skip that Gemara. We, we all do Haseba on the left side today. The Gemara does discuss an issue of women. And the Gemara says, Isha itzabala lo bai Haseba. Vim Isha chashuvahi tzricha Haseba. The text that I read is the text found in our standard printed Gemaras. A woman who is in the presence of her husband does not require Haseba. Unless... She's what they call an Isha Chashuva, then she does require Haseba. I pointed out that this is the text in our Gemara. When the Rabbim quotes the Halacha, he does not say Isha Eitzel Bala and Atzricha Haseba. The, the Rambam says Isha and Atzricha Haseba. It would seem that the Rambam thinks that all women do not require Haseba. In fact, there are different girsos in the Gemara. In the Haggadah of Rav Kasher, Haggadah Shlema, he brings various manuscripts, which some say Isha Itzabala, and some say Isha. And of course, there's a big distinction between the two texts. If it says Isha and Tzricha Seba, it would be rather difficult, although some people have done so, to, to think that this only refers to married women. Isha is general statement about women. Whereas if it says Isha, it's Abala, it would seem specifically related to married women. What would be the reason that women do not require Haseba? Well, unfortunately, this makes me recall my childhood and my own house, specifically night of Pesach. We lived, it's not that I'm that old, but we lived in a generation where women were responsible basically 
for almost everything done in the house. And today, I think back and I realize that my mother worked so hard in the house, did so much, and received very little help from the men in the house. So the night of Pesach, the night of the Seder, my mother was always getting up to check the Kneidlach are coming along all right. How does the gefilte fish look? Bring the food, bring this, bring that. So women were actually busy. And perhaps because of that reason, we could somehow understand Isha Etzlabala, a woman who is responsible for the Seder. Of course, in our generation, where we've reached a situation where there's much more understanding of shared responsibility in the house, we would have to rethink this issue. Another possibility could be, without going into uh, a situation which will create some sort of a statement of political uncorrectness, if there is such a word, we might say that a woman is somehow responsible to her husband, and the Torah did say, Somehow, she caters to his needs more than he caters to her needs. If that would be true, of course, it would be only relating to a husband and a wife. The other possibility, which personally I find the most logical, is, I said before, that Haseba isn't really what just to lean on your left side like we do today. It's actually to sit in a fashion of reclining. My brother, Professor Yosef Tabori, in his works on the Haggadah, in his book on Pesach Dorot, has explained the concept of Haseba, and ref- which reflects the custom in the ancient world. In the Greek symposium, for example, people used to recline and they used to bring tables to them, they would be served, and they would have intellectual discussions, and they would drink. Apparently, the idea of sprawling out on couches like that was common. To the best of my knowledge, hardly anybody does that today. But if that is the real concept of Haseba, then it might not be appropriate for women who generally would not lie in such a way in front of men. They would consider it a, a lack of sneers. Of course, the queen, someone who's extremely important in that community, might behave, deport herself in such a way also. But the standard women would not do that. So the, shuch, the Gemara says, Nashim, whichever the Girsa is, women do not do Asaiba. Except an Isha Chashuva. Now the Mordechai says that all our women are Chashuvas. Today, in the time of the Mordechai already, the situation where we described that some women are not so chashuvas and therefore they don't do Azubay, said that situation doesn't exist. And therefore women, says the Mordechai, are all chashuvas and therefore they all require a seba. And the Maril and the Chida, others have pointed out that, yeah, really, this halacha in the time of the Gemara existed on a theoretical basis, but today, and today already for hundreds of years, Nashim do require Haseba. Interestingly enough, the Shulchan Aruch quotes this Mordechai, but only quotes it halfway. 
the the Shulchan Aruch says Isha ain't not tzricha seiba elam keni chashuva. The Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber, quotes the Gemara that but remember he quotes the Gemara without Isha tzabala. Isha ain't not tzricha seiba. A woman does not require a seiba, but he says unless she's chashuva. Says the Ramah v'chol anashim shelano mikri chashuva. He quotes the Mordechai that our women are chashuvas, but the natural continuation should be, if that would be true, all our women require Haseba. Nevertheless, the Ramah says, But the custom of women today is not to do Haseba. Because they somehow follow the opinion of the Ravya that says, you do not do Haseba. A very interesting phenomenon. According to strict halacha, it would seem that women and men have the same halacha. They all require a seba. But somehow men today did not accept the opinion of the Rav Yah, and therefore we do a seba, whereas women accepted the opinion of the Rav Yah and do not do a seba. Now, does that mean that women could do a seba? It would seem to me fairly obvious that women could do a seba. In fact, we should have said they really do essay, but just the same as men. But if women rely on the Rav Yoh, fine, but who said you have to rely on the Rav Yoh? The Rav Yoh is not the majority opinion. It's just an opinion that is quoted in the, in the Shulchan Aruch. Bidiyavid, we rely on the Rav Yoh. But even according to Rav Yoh, one would ask, does it mean that it's you don't have to do essay, but but certainly you could do Haseba. Or does the Rav Yah really imply that it's better not to do Haseba? In the language of the, of the Ramah, quoting the, the, Rav Yah, the Rav Yah, he says, What does he mean, that there's no obligation? Or does he mean really you shouldn't do it? You really could argue that you shouldn't do it. Because to, the idea of the night of the Seder is to sit in a fashion of B'nai Charin. The way we sit normally at festive meals is the way we should sit at the night of the Seder. To force ourselves to sit in a way that we do not feel that comfortable may be improper according to the Rav Yah. Nevertheless, the general accepted opinion of everyone today is that we do, men certainly do, Haseba, and it seems to me that I've seen lately more and more women do Haseba as well, as would be in keeping with the opinion of the Rav, of the Mordechai. If you would ask, but is this our custom today? I'd like to conclude by saying an idea that's found throughout the Agada of the Nitziv. The Nitziv points out that the night of Pesach, a person should try to picture himself, to depict himself, as if he actually is leaving Mitzrayim tonight. The Nitziv's thesis that continues throughout the Agadah is that many of the customs that we do the night of Pesach are not done in accordance with the custom that we do in the 20th or 21st century. They're done the way they were once upon a time done. The night of Pesach, a person should not really feel that he's living in the year 2009, 2008, whatever. A person should actually feel that he is actually leaving Mitzrayim now. 
if the custom then was to do Haseba, tonight we should ref- show ourselves, we should act ourselves, as if we're really la- now leaving Mitzrayim, we're living in that time, and therefore it's appropriate to do Haseba, and perhaps that's the reason that generally we do not paskin like the Rav Yor, and we think that Bizman Hazer persons required to do Haseba as well. We've discussed the basic mitzvah of Haseba, Matzah requires Haseba, Arbakosos were an interesting question if they require Haseba. We discussed if you do eat the matzah and drink the wine without Haseba, if you are Yotze, and then we discussed the fact that women in the Gemara only are required to do Haseba if they're Nashim Cheshuvos. In our generation, we all consider Nashim Cheshuvos, and therefore we should understand the opinion of the Rav Yad, the opinion of the Nitziv, and the opinion of the Ramah.